Welcome to Keep the Faith with Adam Burton, your weekly dose of hope and inspiration from Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky. Hello, dear listeners. It's a joy to be with you again. Today, we're diving deep into the heart of service, exploring the transformative power of serving within the church. It's a message that reminds us of the simple acts of kindness, the magic of service, and the profound impact it can have on our community. From the story of John and Mrs. Ainsworth to the dedication of young Casey, we'll uncover the essence of stepping into the servant's shoes. So, let's embark on this journey together, discovering the blessings that come from selfless service and the joy of walking in Jesus' humble footsteps. Have you ever experienced a moment that though seemingly insignificant, managed to warm your heart to to make your day. Maybe it's a moment of pure kindness where you extended a hand, not because you were asked to, but because your heart led you to. You know, that, my friends, is the magic of of service. I want you to picture this. Meet me, John. He's a middle-aged man who... He's leading a typically busy life. He has deadlines at work that keep him awake at night, kids at home who ensures that he rarely sits still, and a wife that he cherishes and wants to spend quality time with. But in the midst of all of this hustle and bustle, there's Miss Ainsworth, his 83-year-old neighbor. She's an elderly lady with a heart full of stories, but no one to share them with. So John saw this, and he saw her, and he decided to act. And it began with some small tasks, like picking up her groceries or helping with a leaky faucet and ensuring that her walkway was always clear of snow during the winter months. But but it was the, the simple act of spending time with her, lending an ear to her, stories that, that made all of the difference. See, to John, these were These were small pockets of time, but to Miss Ainsworth, oh, these were rays of sunshine in her otherwise lonely existence. Now let's shift our our gaze to Casey. Casey's a teenager with a million things on her minds. Homework, social media, friends, and all of those teenage dreams and worries. But yet every Saturday... Casey and her friends wake up before dawn to go and prepare and to serve breakfast at the local homeless shelter. They pour their love into every bowl of oatmeal, every slice of bread that they serve. They've discovered the satisfaction they receive from helping others. It outweighs the joy of those extra hours of sleep. So why am I sharing these stories with you today? It's because as we gather here this morning, we're preparing to embark on a journey. Oh, a journey that's not about putting on fancy shoes, but about stepping into humble servants' shoes. The power of serving in the church. Today, we're going to explore this notion of serving with with heart and what it truly means for our church family. And in this series we've been in on the church that God blesses, we've already learned about the power of prayer and the importance of passionately pursuing God. And today we're uncovering the beauty of serving. 
Oh, serving with love, serving with humility, and realizing how these acts of service can enrich not only the lives of others, but our lives as well. So let's walk together this path, stepping into our servant's shoes. And let's discover the magic that service can bring to our lives and our church. So if you have a Bible, turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 13, this morning. John, chapter 13. Our first point in this message of servant's shoes is embracing the servant's heart. Embracing the servant's heart. So as we turn our attention to John chapter 13, I want us to look at these verses specifically one through three. And here we we find an intimate and a profound scene. So Jesus is encircled by his disciples, displaying an act of service that would forever embody its true meaning. We read these words. Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back, to God. Have you ever tried to imagine this scene painted in John chapter 13? I mean, picture this with me, friends. It's the evening before the feast of Passover. The, the air is heavy with expectation and unspoken fears. And Jesus is fully aware that his hour has come. And he looks at his disciples, these men that he loves deeply, these men who he has journeyed with. They've shared laughters. They've shared tears. And his gaze falls on each and every one of them. Even Judas, who's already entertaining the whispers of betrayal. And Jesus knows what lies ahead of him, yet in this intimate moment, he does something extraordinary. He serves A simple act that would forever redefine the essence of service. And so we begin our journey into the heart of service. First off, we see that a love that initiates service. See, even in the face of betrayal, Jesus' love for his disciples never wavers. Oh, this love, my friends, is what we call unconditional love, an agape love, a love that reaches out, a love that serves. And it's a lesson for us, reminding us that our acts of service should be more than just fulfilling a duty. They should be expressions of God's love flowing out of us. But you might ask, how can we nurture this divine love? The answer is simple, yet profound. We build it through a consistent life of prayer and a regular dedication to being in the Word. For it's in these moments of quiet communion with God that we're filled to the brim with His love. And it's this love that pours out, touching the lives that are around us. And this exploration of a heart of service 
brings us to the second point, the understanding that propels our service. See, even with his divine authority, Jesus, in all of his humility, chose to wash the feet of his disciples. Why, might you ask? It's because he was secure in his identity. He knew his mission. Consider the story of Eric Liddell, a name that some of you might recall from the movie Chariots of Fire. Yes, the the same Liddell who was an Olympic gold medalist, a renowned athlete. But beyond the stadium lights, the roars of the crowds, Liddell was a man who understood his identity with Christ. This understanding took him to the mission fields of China, serving amid the most challenging circumstances, all because he knew who he was in Christ. You see, Liddell was much more than an Olympic gold medalist. He was celebrated as a national hero, having won gold for his country. And his athletic prowess was legendary. He was touted as one of the fastest men of his time. Yet it's what he did away from the applause and the accolades that truly captures the heart of service. You see, Liddell was a man of deep faith. He knew beyond the tracks and trophies that he had a higher calling. He knew that he was destined for more than just fleeting fame. And so he made a choice. He made a decision that startled many. At the height of his athletic career, when he could have basked in the limelight, he chose to step away. He chose to walk a different path. A path that was led by his identity in Christ. Liddell gave up the comfort and prestige of his life in Scotland to become a missionary in China. Now, this is in the 1920s, mind you, a time when life in China was fraught with difficulties and dangers. But none of this deterred Liddell. He was ready to serve, ready to live out his faith in action. And so Liddell embarked on his mission, serving tirelessly in China for over two decades. But this path was not paved with roses. As the clouds of World War II began to darken the globe, Liddell found himself in the midst of a storm. In the early 1940s, he was interned in a Japanese-run camp in China alongside thousands of other civilians of allied countries. The conditions were challenging, to say the least. But even here, amidst the fear and uncertainty, Liddell's spirit remained unbroken. He rose above the hardship, becoming a beacon of hope for his fellow internees. He rallied them together. He organized sports events for the youth, Bible studies for the adults, always striving to maintain unity and harmony in the camp under dire circumstances, where he was known affectionately as Uncle Eric. Here was a man who once stood on the winner's podium, bathed in applause of thousands, and now in a stark barbed wire enclosure. Yet his heart of service never waned. He continued to serve. He continued to love and to guide his fellow internees with the grace that could only come from a deep and unwavering faith in God. And sadly, Liddell's life ended in the confines of that camp taken by a brain tumor just five months before the liberation came. 
But even in his passing, he left behind a legacy of service, an example of selfless love that has stood the test of time. And his life embodies this understanding of the heart of service, the understanding that empowers our service. For in the midst of the dire circumstances, Liddell knew that his identity, he knew his mission, what he was called to do. For he was a child of God, and he was loved, and he was called to serve. And this knowledge, this unshakable faith propelled him to serve with relentless love, a humble spirit until his very last breath. Oh, friends, as we continue our journey into the heart of service, let us remember Eric Liddell. Oh, let's remember his sacrifices, his unwavering faith, and his enduring legacy. So as we step into our servant's shoes, let's strive to serve selflessly, to love deeply, to leave behind a legacy that echoes throughout the ages. Because just like Liddell, our acts of service can light up the darkest corners. They can bring hope where it is needed and they can transform lives in the ways that we could never imagine. Which brings us to our second point, the following in the humble, in Jesus' humble footsteps. Following in Jesus' humble footsteps. As we journey further into this narrative in John chapter 13, we find ourselves stepping into a moment that was nothing short of a revolution. In John's gospel, we pick it up in verses 4 and 5. Jesus rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. I picture this scene, my friends. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, rising from supper and and wrapping a towel around his waist. And he stoops low to wash the feet of his disciples. Now, this wasn't the job for a teacher, for a leader. It wasn't a job for any Jewish person. For if there was no one to wash the person's feet, a Jew would never stoop to do that. Now, it was the job for the lowest servant in the house. And yet, here was Jesus showing us that true greatness lies not in being served, but in serving. And he wasn't just talking about it. Oh, he was living it. He was a, he said a living, a breathing example for all of us to follow. But how is it that we can walk in those footsteps today? Well, in a world that, that constantly tells us to climb higher, to seek recognition and applause. I mean, how can we choose to, the towel in the basin? Well, it starts with us being ready and willing to serve, no matter the task. And when I say no task is too small, I mean it. Consider Billy Graham, a name that's known around the world. Did you know his journey started with him preaching to just a small group of people as a young Bible college student? And he wasn't very good. 
But he preached the best that he could with conviction, serving God in the moment. It's a reminder for us all that every act of service, no matter how small, matters to God. But another crucial part of following Jesus' humble footsteps is availability. Let's consider a story of a woman named Kara. Kara was a new Christian when she started coming to a ladies' Bible study. She may not have known very much about the Bible, but she had a servant's heart. She was there week after week after week, always dependable. You didn't have to call her asking if she was going to come. She was there. But she would show up early to set up the chairs in the room. And she would sit down during the study soaking up the teachings of Scripture. And then one day, an opportunity came for her to step up. The regular teacher couldn't make it that week, and Kara was asked to fill in. She's like, why in the world would you ask me? She felt unqualified, but she also felt God was nudging her to take a leap. And so she did, with humility. Oh, she devoted herself to study, to learning, to asking questions. And when the day came to teach, Kara was ready. And the ladies in the group were amazed at her insights. For Kara was available, ready, and God used her in a powerful way. Friends, let's remember Jesus' words in verses 14 and 15 when He says, If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, then you also ought to wash another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. See, the road to humility may not be the easiest, but it's the one that our Savior walked. So let's lace up our servant's shoes. Let's roll up our sleeves and let's follow his lead, remembering that no act of service is too small in the kingdom of God. Which brings us to our third point, harvesting the fruits of service. Harvesting the fruits of service. So as we continue this exploration of John's gospel, let's reflect here on verses 16 and 17. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So here's Jesus, our teacher, our guide, laying out in the simplest terms the essence of humility and service. And his words prompt us to ask ourselves, if the one we follow was never above the serving, then why do we think we are? But Jesus didn't just stop there. No, He also showed us the way. He also talks about the fruits that come with following it. He said, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Now you notice that He's not saying that blessings come from merely knowing, but from doing. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, 
You know, serving the church has sadly has become more of a, a chore than a joy. And if that's you, I want to encourage you to take a step back. Not from serving, mind you, but to refocus. See, let's not see service as a job, but rather as an act of love and gratitude. And speaking of service, I believe we need to, to pay more attention to investing in our younger members for leadership. I just, like Paul mentioned, Timothy. It's our calling to help the next generation to grow in their service roles. Take, for instance, a man named Mark. Mark didn't have a whole lot of time on his hands. Preparing Bible studies, <laughs> that seemed a bit out of reach for him. But Mark saw a need, and he filled it. He could be at church a little early, so he took the role of being a friendly face at the back door each Sunday, greeting people with a warm smile. Do you know what happened? Mark found that he wasn't just serving. No, he found out that it didn't take long before he knew every single name of every person in the church. And not just that, he knew their family members, he knew their pets' names, their hobbies, all from just being a friendly face. He created deeper connections and joy that he never would have expected. And isn't that the beauty of service? See, the rewards aren't always flashy or obvious. They're often felt rather than seen. It's a sense of fulfillment, a, a deeper connection within the church community, and most importantly, a strengthened relationship with God. But let's be clear, we don't serve because we want to collect blessings. Oh no, we serve because we understand that we've already been blessed beyond all measure. We serve out of love, God's love for us and our love for Him. And as we serve in this spirit of love, we find that our blessings are multiplying in our lives and the lives of those that we serve. So this brings us to our last point, a call to selfless action. A call to selfless action. See, friends, let's unpack a little more about what it means to truly serve and how this intertwines with our journey alongside of Jesus. First, let's talk about the role of prayer in gearing up for service. Paul's words in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 really hit home. He says, praying at all times in the Spirit, with prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Here, Paul is being deliberate. He isn't suggesting that we pray only when it suits us or in, in times of crisis. Oh no, he is pushing us to keep on open line of communication with God always. And the same sentiment's true in Colossians chapter four. This continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Prayer is not just a Sunday special, but it is a daily dedication. That's why our 21 days of transformative prayer was so important. Right? If you've been joining in with us, you might have found yourself praying about things that 
may have slipped off your radar. So how does the prayer factor into service? Just this past week, Lifeway Research uh, released a study. And according to them, 84% of churchgoers understand the significance of serving. Now, you know what, as a good pastor, I would like that number to be more in the A category, but hey, you know what, B's get degrees and that's, that's okay, you know. But the survey also disclosed that only 30% actually get involved in serving in the church. Friends, the church gets a failing grade in how it serves. There's a clear gap here. We're called to bridge that gap, not by our strength though, but by leaning on God's strength. Through prayer, we're ready our hearts for service, seeking God's strength, His wisdom, and His love to serve effectively. Secondly, let's think about the importance of unity and working together. Later on in John, John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23, Jesus prayed for our unity. It's a bond that we should exemplify in our service. Lifeway Research article reminds us that servanthood is a demonstration of obedience, an exercise of faith, and a revolution against selfishness. Oh, we're ser- summoned to serve, both within our church and beyond. But in a world that is impact, still reeling from the impacts of COVID, right, the, the call for unity in service rings louder than ever. Oh, we've got gaps to fill. We've got opportunities to grab and new leaders to nurture. But let us keep in mind that it's not about completing tasks or filling out rosters. It's about walking out our faith, united as Christ's body. And lastly, it's time to talk about taking action. According to Lifeway Research, the reasons to serve are are compelling. One, the gospel mandates it. Two, discipleship demands it. Three, the community needs it. And fourth, true connection springs from it. We're not called to be just mere spectators, but to be active participants in God's work. And with only 30% of churchgoers stepping up to serve, it's time for us to answer the call. Discipleship isn't a badge of honor, but it is a life to live out. The church community needs more than just our kind words. It needs our hands-on service. And the connection that we long for isn't born out of passivity, but it is born out of active engagement. So let's take a moment to reflect on, on how may God be nudging you to serve? What gifts says he given you. How can those gifts benefit our church and our community? Oh, today, let's not just listen to these words, but let them sink into our hearts. Let them move us to action. Remember, we're not just looking for warm bodies to fill roles. We're looking for hearts ready and willing to serve.
Hearts sculpted by a relationship with God and fortified through prayer. Hearts that are eager to step out in faith, using their God-given gifts for the greater good. This, my dear friends, is our call to service. So as we conclude today's message, let us take a moment to reflect on the path that has been laid out before us. We've delved into the heart of service. We've unraveled in the power of unity. We've, we've explored the transformative role of prayer. We have seen that the gospel not only invites us to believe, but it also calls us to action. Our Lord Jesus lived a life of selfless sacrifice, loving the unlovable, reaching out to the outcast stooping to wash his disciples' feet and ultimately laying down his life on the cross for us. See, this is the heart of the gospel, the heart of love. Love so profound, so powerful that he chose to die so that we might live. But the good news is this. Despite our failures, our shortcomings, and our sins, God's love for us remains steadfast. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Oh, this message is the cornerstone of our faith. It is an open invitation to each and every one of us to accept God's love, to surrender our lives to Jesus and to declare that he is the Lord of all. So as we transition into our time of invitation, let this truth sink deep into your hearts. Jesus, standing at the door of your heart, knocking, waiting, let him in. Oh, he's inviting you to be a part of his family, to walk in his footsteps, to live a life of service, and to experience his limitless love and grace. Maybe you've been attending church for years. Or perhaps you're here for the first time. Regardless of your story, know this. Jesus is inviting you. He is calling you to make the greatest decision of your life, to accept Him as your Savior and Lord. You don't need to have everything figured out. You don't have to clean up your act before you come to Him. In fact, you can't do that. What you need is a willing heart, ready to say yes to His What a powerful message on the essence of service and the blessings it brings. Pastor Adam, any final thoughts for our listeners? Absolutely. As we wrap up today, I encourage each of you to reflect on the ways you can serve within your community. Remember, it's not about the grand gestures, but the small acts of kindness done with love and humility that truly make a difference. Thank you, Pastor Adam. And to our listeners, if today's message touched your heart, we invite you to connect with us at Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky. Visit our website at cbcmaysville.com for more inspiring messages and to be a part of our vibrant community. Until next week, keep the faith, serve with love, and let the light of Christ shine through you.